Hello and welcome to A Stardust Year by episode 261. Whoa! This week, we will be discussing Alter Ego Ugh. and Coda. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cue the theme music. Da -da 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 -da. Whatever. I'm Chris. Ames. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. Caitlin. Jay. Aww. Well, this got weird. <laughs> First up. You didn't it... introduce yourself. No, I did. I said oh, I'm damn. Chris and the names. Damn it. I, want to, I just whole... want to do a TNG sounding thing. Fair enough. It's not fair. I'm sorry. That is okay. So first up in Alter Ego, Harry Kim overreacts to falling in love with a hollow program, which I'll admit is strange, but instead of, say, seeing a psychoanalyst or just getting over it, he decides, I want to purge all emotions ever, and sees Tuvok about it. And Tuvok's all like, yeah, okay, I'll help you with this, <laughs> instead of referring you to, say, a doctor or telling you, what the fuck, son, you're like 22. Listen, being emotional is obviously illogical. He's just trying to help. Mm. It was a chance for Tuvok to be the superior Vulcan that all Vulcans are. That's true. There is that fucking insufferable smugness. So yeah, he Harry's fallen in love with a hollow program, and Tuvok's <laughs> like, all right, you are clearly in lust, although he doesn't say that. Yeah. They go down to meet this woman, and I don't know. She's she fine. was like, she was cute, but she's like twice Harry's age. Well, that that I was actually okay with. It's like good, good for you, Harry. Not caring about that sort of thing, and. Oh. She it can is, get it. It is the 25th century if it was or whatever. the other way, though, it might, you know, it might be less acceptable. Mm. But, um, yeah, but it happens all the time. Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. The other way happens all the time. So often. So anyway, then there's like a luau and Tuvok talks again with the hollow lady who's all like, you're kind of interesting. And also I'm learning your Vulcan solitaire, which was called Vulcan chess earlier, which doesn't make any sense. What the fuck's it called? Ah, yeah, Kalto. Yeah, Kalto. There we go. Cal Camel toe. It's in, it's in the vocab. <laughs> Oh. oh, it was? I didn't notice, sorry. So, yeah, she winds up sort of spent with him. They talk well into the night. There's a whole B-plot thing where they found this nebula that oh, should have so just... Oh, so pretty. It was. That should have spontaneously combusted, like, right away, but for some reason didn't. And every time it looks like it's about to, there's, like, a dampening field, and they're all, what the hell? If we could figure out how this is happening, it could be a revolution and preventing, like, warp core breaches and shit. Harry gets all mad at Tuvok for stealing his hollow girl, and Tuvok's like, fuck you, delete the girl. But then the girl is in Tuvok's quarters, having hijacked the doctor's mobile emitter, and he's like, what the fuck? Anyway, so it turns out the girl's being piloted by a woman in a spaceship that hides in a nebula and keeps it from exploding for aesthetic reasons, which I can get behind. You know, she's, she's basically trying to make the Voyager stay, and then she's like, you know... Stay with me, Tuvok, and I'll let your friends go. And Tuvok's like, if I have to, but if you actually love me, you'll set me free. Also, you're probably lonelier than you think. Maybe go home for a while. And yeah, that's basically mm. it. What a great yeah. episode. Yeah, so, you know, it's one thing that Harry has a, has a holodeck girlfriend, but then Tuvok starts having a holodeck girlfriend. And I'm just like, 
wait just a minuet. This is on <laughs> far enough. Oh, That's God. good, Jake. I like it. I see what he's James doing over there. Uh, so I don't want to talk right now good. about oh. this episode. It's <laughs> very good. What I want to talk about is the fact that with a lot of Voyager, what I found is like, there's these really good moments. You know, I like everyone, of course, gives all the credit to the NG, wow, TNG for like great acting and this and that. But I think it other series are underrated for having had some really good moments from actors. And the problem, I think, becomes like. Well, things like this where like, I think there's some really good acting moments in episodes that are otherwise unspectacular or middling. Okay. What, what or, moments are you thinking of? Well, like, I thought the whole bit at the end between Tuvok and, uh... Morena. Morena, in lizard form, was really quite well done on both their parts. That's true, I did like that. Like, I, I thought, it's like, wow, this this is a great scene in an otherwise unremarkable, familiar episode. You know, there was, we talked about in, um... Oh, God, the infamous one, with the lizards. Threshold. Threshold! Yeah, Threshold, like, there was some really good stuff from, uh... Paris. Robert Duncan McNeil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things like that. And I don't know, I just... And I feel like... I can't think of any other specific examples on top of my head. There's been a lot of moments where I'm just like, that was a really well done... Oh, a few weeks ago, when uh, Cass was facing off with what's-her-name in her own mind. What's his name? Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion. Like, so I think, you know, that it... This show deserves a lot of credit for some really good acting that I think just unfortunately wasn't always tapped into enough. <laughs> or again, was tapped into, but in episodes that are otherwise like, me. See, what I really liked about this episode was that kind of Morena Tuvok dynamic. Because Tuvok isn't looking for someone to plow. He doesn't yeah. care about that kind of thing. And he's got a wife at home to think about and whatever. Yeah. I think their relationship <laughs> that kind of becomes... We're both lonely and we've both kind of done this to ourselves. We both very spe specifically made ourselves lonely by not letting ourselves enjoy things. Like yeah. going to luau's or ever seeing my own kind again. Weird yeah. flex, Morena. And I really yeah. liked that. And I wish there was a little less of Harry Kim being really un out of character. Yeah. And more of that this episode. Yeah, ultimately like, the Harry Kim stuff just didn't need to be in this no, episode. No, it didn't. It was want, just... I'll, I'll tell you the, the origins in a moment then, because... Is it supposed to be woof. TNG and broccoli? Close. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it definitely felt like that only existed so that Tuvok could meet Malena, Marina or Malena? Marina. 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 But you just as easily could have cut that idiocy. Just go straight to he unwillingly goes to... The luau. The luau. She's like, I don't see your lay. Has they have the same discussion? Yep, that's it. We've saved a bunch of time. Like this. That, that, Maybe the episode ran short. Maybe that's it, why we it got this did run short. bullshit. It ran incredibly short. They had to actually add the Tom Belena meeting in the hallway and then being like, oh, look, we're in our swimming clothes. Aren't, <laughs> don't we look great? Let's go meet up with Vorik, that creep. Uh, they added that oh, scene yeah. in post. Oh, my God. What, yes. Vorik what the wanted fuck? some of that. Clearly. And she was, like, maybe into it? Yeah, Vork wanted to go to Stovacor. <laughs> oh, my God! I thought of a great joke right after you said it. A great Vulcan joke, because yeah. you said, because she wasn't looking to plow, and I thought, or as they say on Vulcan, to plow. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, what's what's the background of this? So the background of this was this episode was written as a Tom Harry story, but then they swapped out at really really a late time in 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 uh, production Tom for Tuvok. So you can kind of see like this is why suddenly Harry is going to Tuvok for things, which normally yeah. he doesn't do a ton. Yeah, um, no, that, and you can yeah. see kind of you know. Paris would probably Paris wouldn't give him this advice either. So I don't know how quickly they had to write this episode when well, they decided the, like, Tuvok would be the character. I mean, the the amount of rewriting that must have been done because I don't picture Tom as a guy who purposely isolates himself or either. fucks his buddy's girl. Yeah, oh maybe. no, he would. He might. Okay, no, I mean like I a married woman, no problem. But I don't know about his buddy's girl. I don't know. I think I think this this would have been a lot better if it had been a Neelix Tuvok story. Where Neelix is, it, you know, the, the opening act is Neelix trying to get Mr. Vulcan to have some fun and bring him to the holodeck and show him around and introduce him to his new girlfriend, Morena, the holodeck girl. And then, and then because Neelix already has a history of being a jealous piece of shit, so it would have fit better. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, and like there's like Tuvok and Harry Kim have no, to my knowledge, like prior interactions on the show. Not like, certainly no non-professional one. Yeah, yeah, I can't like, think so, of any. So for them to suddenly be really tight and like helping each other out and Tuvok training him to be a Vulcan, it just it made zero sense. Whereas like, yeah, if it were Tom, it would have worked, but it would have made no sense. Yeah, for, it like, wouldn't you, be a good story. Lost, you would have lost the whole second half of the show. This just and, yeah, this this doesn't work with Harry in any version. Yeah, no offense could, to Harry. It could have been it could have been Tom and Tuvok. It might would have made more sense too. I think. But maybe ultimately, uh, I don't think you even needed. Yeah, no, you get you just go straight to the hall, straight to the luau. Tuvok meets her. You can focus more on the whole loneliness thing, which is clearly what it all turns on, but isn't made. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. like Tuvok, you know, bringing up to Harry at the end. Do you want me to teach you Kelto? That's going to take fucking decades. Yeah, well, we've got fucking decades. Have you seen how yeah. we've been flying around randomly and getting lost every week? Um, <laughs> Keep that was tracking a lot. <laughs> that was kind of nice. And I kind of actually like Jake's idea of having it be Neelix and they could swap that for Neelix if they wanted to. And the two of them Maybe, could play yeah. Kelto and Neelix could drop them all on the floor and they'd be like, oh, I you. I do appreciate that they eventually established that there is actually like a competitive side to it. Cause it's like when Harry's like, oh, Vulcan chess. I'm like, you mean Vulcan solitaire? What the fuck? Look like, like Vulcan singles Jenga. Vulcan yeah. Legos. Well, we've already had Vulcan Jenga is the problem. Yeah, it's Vulcan Legos. That's what it is. Which one was Vulcan? Oh, wait, we did see Vulcan Jenga. I forgot about that. Yep. That yep, was that very silly. Game, what's the game where you have the marbles and you have the sticks? Kerplunk. Kerplunk. Loved that as a kid. Oh, I forgot Wait, about that's, that. Is, that's it, what is, it, is. is it, not to make the same joke again, but would it be like to plunk? In? <laughs> it's still <laughs> a good joke. I'm just going to keep making this joke. Calling this episode to episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should call it to plow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> to plow or not to plow. All right. Uh, you know what was a, actually a nice little touch, too, was the fact that it turns out that Merlena basically made her own character. Morena. Morena made her own character. Yeah, she was playing D&D. &D. But what's great, too, is that really makes, in retrospect, you know, there was this moment that was a little bit of foreshadowing where Harry's like, you know, Morena. And Neelix is like, who? It's like, oh, because he didn't make her. She wasn't actually part of the program until she was plopped in. 
Yeah, but previously we saw like everybody putting their own shit into this program. So yeah, depending- I don't. It's not. I don't think of it as being like The Sims. I feel like he probably just said, "And we'll need some people who you know would work at a luau or something." No, I know, but I feel like if anyone would maybe by now have learned most of the staff, it would have been him. Just yeah, because he's him. probably fucking his way through them all since he broke up with Kess. <laughs> <laughs> So was this a luau just for the named characters, it seemed? Because Yeah, fuck those plebeians. We don't want well, them coming like, in here. Well, I also, it occurred to me, like, you couldn't really throw a huge party in the holiday no. because you'd run out of space. And they said on the bridge, space. everyone's invited. I'm like, you can't fit 120 whatever people you you have left. Maybe in the, they in can, the like, network the, all the holodecks together and you can just, like. They might just be rotating people in and out, you know? Uh, nope, they didn't sh- invite lower decks. That's shifts. all. <laughs> shifts, shifts, party there, shifts. But I guess he was only there as uh, Bellana's guest. Bellana's mm. date. So oh, there God. was Bellana's stalker. <laughs> there was one thing I actually kind of loved. Was it the doctor this, scene? By the way, no, no that was weird. That scene was felt, terrible. Felt a little out of character. I thought uh, it was really gross. It was that felt more like, idea. So well, it felt. Well, of course, it was cretin. <laughs> it felt like. It felt like. Uh, bones on shore leave it yes. was creepy then too uh no but it, it does involve the holodeck where towards uh you know when when they go on the offensive in the holodeck and the uh lay girl is strangling balana with the lay <laughs> but still with the big like welcome she was smile. my favorite i love that her. was that was, was amazing great. is she in timelines because she should be <gasps> no i don't think Just, she like, is i'll put in a request but in the like action of strangling someone you know I liked when Harry went to have a pep talk with or have a talk with Tom and Tom was just like, everybody's fallen in love with a hollow sweet character. And I was just like, no. Now we I know mean, more about Tom than we needed to know. The thing Here's is, the thing. yeah, yeah. I feel like if holodecks were real and as advanced as they are in the show. Bro, I've fallen in love with so many video games. That's me, that, that totally <laughs> would have like that would have ha- that would actually be a way more common issue you know like in reality yeah everyone probably has at some point or another been like fuck i'm kind of a little too into this this holodeck character i will say that harry's uh reaction is overblown though he oh yeah the wanting to forget all his emotions part that comes after the hollow sweet breakup you can't you you, you skipped a couple steps yeah yeah that's a bit of an overreaction which also again like i mean harry just wasn't acting terribly in character this whole time like, yeah, he's young and therefore is going to have more severe reactions than everyone else. But even that's a bit much, you know? Yeah, it was silly. It's too much. I don't want to feel feelings. At least he has moved on beyond, like, trying to, you know, remain pure for his girlfriend who assumes he's dead. Time to hit up the Delaney sisters again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. All 12 Actually, of them. <laughs> so say, after, after the last round of bullshit, there's only one left. Oh, Aww. no. There hasn't been that much bullshit. No, but, you know, there's been enough. There is a non-zero chance we're missing a Delaney by now. Absolutely not. You watch your mouth. Your whore mouth. You shut your whore mouth. Uh. Yeah, I also thought this episode had some, like, uh, what was it? Future Imperfect vibes. Where, remember that one with the, with the little alien boy who tricked Riker into thinking he was an older man and Romulans? Oh, yeah, and yeah. All cut schemes he was lonely. within schemes and... Yeah, because he yeah. was lonely, he wanted someone to play with. That's kind of what Mar- Marina is doing here. Yeah. I am glad they, like, for all that I would wish they'd spent more time on the dynamic, I am glad they didn't, like, 
give us her whole background. Like, mm. I prefer not knowing why she's done this. I feel like anything they would have come up with would have been, well, first of all, told, not shown, and that would have been tedious. Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been generic. And, you know, it's better just to be like, like, obviously, something happened to some point to her. Maybe it was just, you know, the course of her life, all sorts of things. Maybe it was one major event. And I prefer not knowing, you know, it, it's enough to know that something happened to make her choose this job. Which I gotta say, you know, I wouldn't want to do it permanently, but I, that sounds like a decent gig for maybe, you know, half a year, a year, you know. No, it's like The Shining. I was, gonna say, I was just gonna say it feels like The Shining. Nah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's unclear how long she's been there, though, because I feel like a long, I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. And that would drive one nuts. Yeah, like, I mean. No, she seemed fine. Well, she said she's, like, fucked with various other ships. Yeah, and like, I can't that's imagine. Her hobby is, like, fucking around with passing ships. Yeah, like how often is totally there a passing normal. ship? Exactly, space is fucking huge. Admittedly, you're also working at the space version of a lighthouse. So, <laughs> well, the lighthouse is supposed to warn you away, not attract you. Still, it's it stands a, it, out. It, it, it's space's largest ball of yarn, and mm. she's at the center of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you broke, Chris. I love the idea of a space tourist trap. That's what it is. That's beautiful. It's a great photo op. Oh right my there. god! Yeah, really needed a gift shop. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when Tuvok uh, beams over there, it seemed to me like a bit of a leap of faith that there was going to be like a breathable, breathable air room for him to be in, and that it wasn't just computer operated. Was that, She's I not was, a, gla- a gas cloud thing that doesn't need floors. I was yeah. definitely, I was definitely thinking it was a fifty fifty chance it would be an AI. Well, but she was in love with him, so she wasn't going to let him die. Surely. Mm. Well, but she wasn't expecting him to beam in. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, she wanted, what, the ship to stay then? Originally, but then she was like, you can stay and the ship can go. And What would she feed him? Does she have food? Enough for two people? Come play with us, Tuvok. Forever Forever and ever. ever. When they actually, when they first got to her ship and you could kind of see her in the background for a, for a moment, just because you couldn't really get a good look at her, I thought maybe she was like all desiccated and like a corpse. I was hoping for Like in The Shining, when he finds the dead woman in the tub. Sort of, except like her consciousness had become part of the computer or some such. Like I was, pup. I was hoping oh, no, for, a, for a big puppet like the pilot in Farscape. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a big puppet like the... Uh, first Federation guy <laughs> there. Like, like the Cookie oh, Monster. Yeah, I was gonna say or with, the, with the, yes. the Tranya. <laughs> it just literally is the Cookie Monster. That'd be amazing. <laughs> we love you, Tuvok! We want Tuvok! Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I've never done a Cookie Monster voice. That wasn't bad. That's pretty good. Thank you. I have one more great note from Jake. Uh, Vorik wants to get his ears wet. Ew. Ooh, gross. Anything else about this episode uh, that people wanted to float? A uh, tiny note that uh, since they had uh, actors in bikinis running around the Paxar Resort set, but it was actually too cold on set, they had to take time to line the bikinis with something warmer so that they wouldn't be so cold. That was nice of them. By I which was... we I assume mean so that they just wouldn't have like rock hard nipples poking out the whole time since I'm Probably. guessing that... Yeah, I was going to say, there, there's nothing you can line a bikini with that's going to make it suddenly really warm, so... I was really worried you were about to say because they're a bunch of actors 
bikinis, Rick Berman was just there with his hands down his pants. Oh, God. Oh, horrible pervert. You say that like he wasn't always doing that. No, I know. I just, you know, got to get in at least one shot at Rick Berman every episode. I was episode. really just trying to, wondering if, if if there was any information around who was catering. <laughs> uh, Neelix. Because yeah, he's got nothing go. better to do anymore than fixate on his job. Now that Harry's, he doesn't have Cass. Harry's shirt was nicer than Tom's, I will say that. Tom's I like, I like Tom's shirt. I like it, how it was, over the top it was. It was, for those things, it was a little too busy. Like, Harry's was busy, but not too busy. That's Chris, why have I you seen his dress? Yes. Wow, good call. Yes. I was, um, I actually completely forgot to scope out Harry's shirt because Paris said something about, like, you know, pineapples. And I was like, oh, I bet that's going to be great. And then yeah, I didn't even notice it. Was it was red with a nice, yeah, pineapple Yeah, I didn't even motif. fucking pineapple, bother noticing pineapple, it. Uh, pineapple shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently that's how you let people know that you're polyamorous. So I'm With sure pineapples? Harry Kim. No, apparently like they the poly community has co-opted the pineapple as a or is it swingers? It's one or the other. The pineapple is used for either swingers or polyamorous people. Weird. It also just means welcome. So I could see that being confusing, but it's also a thing in psych. Thing oh, in psych? I love psych. The I show psych, psych rewatch. Every, apparently, like, every episode of Psych has a pineapple The sometimes. secret pineapple, yeah. So yes, mostly usually quite hidden, although I am told there were a few episodes where they like, fuck it, and just had one blatant in the opening shot. Yeah, well, I think what they did... Psych was a swinger. We I don't know. I think they had, like, a, a, a seasonal contest or something, which is, you know, if yeah. you write in with where the pineapple was each episode, you get a treat or something. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I got to see it someday. I know this because my sister is a huge fan and told me all about it, so... One I of these think days it's I clever. Will. I'm not a big fan of like detective drama, but this one's quite clever and the actors are all good and Dulé Hill is great and all this stuff. And isn't Carrie always like a recurring character? Like, a, well, recurring guest like oh, a couple Carrie of times. Oh, I don't remember now. It's been a while. Yes. Anyway, we are talking about anything but this. So shall we uh, putter along to Coda? Put, 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 put. In Coda, Janeway and Chakotay are taking a shovel to find gas or something to have doesn't gas. matter it's a macguffin as always like i said like you know they just basically as caitlin put it when we were talking about it they had to put them in a shuttle so the shuttle could crash and uh they do and it seems at first like they may be in a time loop because they crash they you know janeway almost dies but then they're rescued but then she's got the phage Whoops. And the doctor's like, well, only thing to do is to kill you. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? But then she's <laughs> the back captain. in the shuttle. Yeah, so they go through this cycle a couple of times. But then it's like, no, it's not actually a time loop episode. Fooled you. Uh, now Janeway's maybe a ghost. Oh, Ke- Cole Bev. You know, she- yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, she's all like, no, wait, I I, I can use Cass's latent psychic abilities, cats. And she like pokes her in the face or something. And gooses her. Yeah, and then eventually like. Len Carew, playing her father, shows up. And he's like, no, no, Kathy, you're dead. And I'm here to bring you to the afterlife. And she's all like, well, that sucks. And she's like, I, I don't want to. And he's like, no, no, I get it. I was reluctant to. And there's this whole thing. And We were watching she goes this her- soap opera. Dang it. I can't leave now. Yeah. She goes to her own wake, kind of like Jordy and Roe did that time. And then, you know, before she finally crosses over, she's like, wait a minute. You're not my dad. You're Sweeney Todd. You're not Nana. Nana's dad. (laughs) You're going to make me into a pie. (laughs) So, yes, it turns out this is actually some sort of alien that, like, jumps in and grabs people when they're about to die to suck their consciousness into an unspecified matrix, which it sounds like he somehow, like, 
is uh, fueled by these consciousnesses, and she wakes up and is like, well, let's hope that guy's just localized to here, because... But what if it explains every near-death experience, Chris? Mm. Ah! God God. damn it. We're going to get... There's going to be a weird alien monster. Uh, yeah. Colin Carew. (laughs) This episode just seemed so fucking confused about what it wanted to be. It was diffuse as fuck. And I think it's because what they had to do was they had to smash several episodes together because they couldn't think of how to work them work individually. And that really showed... Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, at first it was a time loop. Yep, which I'm into time was, loops. Then it was Jordy and Rower Ghost, which I'm into as well. And then it was Ghost Dad. Yeah, which yeah. I'm not into. Not into space, you, Ghost Dad. Space ghost Daddy. No. Yeah, because like the the beginning part, the time loop part, doesn't like. There's parts of that that don't jive with what it ended up being. No, like the because there's the time loop, and then there was also. In the middle, there was like an evil version of the doctor that wanted yeah. a euthanizer, which made no sense because that that was seemingly part of the time loop, but it obviously wasn't because the doctor wouldn't. It was her that way. dying brain? Question yeah, it, marks? It's, yeah, like the thing is, if, if if the alien's only motivation is to convince someone they're dying and bring them over to his matrix, why not just let them die? Well, but also, why do this whole time loop thing first? Like no the only idea. way that makes sense is that if that is actually her delirious before the alien shows up, because they're totally at odds with each other as a as a scheme. I didn't even yeah. think of that part. Yeah, it doesn't but yeah. make a lot of sense. Not at all. Thing. No, no. I think I think I could have liked these as individual episodes, maybe, maybe. But I also don't know if I trust to have to have them work as a full episode. Yeah. Because just, together it it's it's it feels like a Frankenstein's monster episode. Totally. Totally. In fact, it, if, if Frankenstein's monster had just shown up in this episode, it would have made as much sense as anything <laughs> else that happened. I'm actually, I, do we ever get that? Like in a holodeck episode, does Tom play out the 30s Frankenstein for shits and giggles? Uh, I mean, some of the Captain Proton stuff is kind of bright of Frankenstein-y. Yeah. Okay, yeah, a, let- a, a nice thing I'll say about this episode, because otherwise I was I was just kind of put off by just the the kludged together nature of it. But I actually kind of liked the the Chakotay Janeway relationship this episode and how really sad Chakotay was when Janeway kept dying. <laughs> it was very sweet. I it, I see I and I was just sitting there going, why does he keep calling her Catherine? That's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. It. Seemed, it. It seemed weird, didn't it? And that that distracted me from anything else. You're right. He did a good job of being distraught. (laughs) Well done, uh, Robert Beltran. But I was like, I feel like you should be calling her captain. And then at the end, when they're like going on a rowboat with some champagne, I'm like, oh, are we are we still pretending they might have a relationship? Because I thought we decided that was a bad idea. So what you actually said at the time was, are we still pretending that they're going to date? And I was like, well, it sounds like they're literally going on a fucking date right now. So, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. But still, it was like, so that was strange. But yes, he did do a good job. I was just distracted by minute bullshit because I'm whatever. Yeah, there was a quite a lot of minute bullshit. My, I made a great <laughs> comment toward the beginning when they crash land on the planet. I said, uh, Chakotay is already building Janeway a bathtub. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. See, I think I probably, if anything, probably weirdly gave this more credit than it deserved because the actor playing her father is the original stage Sweeney Todd. So I was like, oh, wow, look, it's it's him. And he also is a recurring character on Murder, She Wrote. 
So I was just so pleased to see him that <laughs> I think I gave this like extra points that if it was anyone else, I'd have been like me. No, he was very good. I like I liked him. I just oh, yeah, kind of hate. Brilliant. I hate that he was an alien that feeds on death because that's so not at all interesting to well, me. Well, he feeds on neural energy. Yeah. So I think I think the idea was that he needs neural energy, so he can kind of like, and he doesn't want to kill people. Like he doesn't want to suck the brains of healthy people because that would be cruel and and mean. So he finds people that are about to die and then provides them comfort as they're dying. And then eats their brain. And then eats their Om brain. Om nom. What do we think the Matrix is like? It's just that restaurant with the really nice steaks until your brain fizzles out. Yep. Uh, Ruth's Chris? No, no, sorry. This, the wherever, scene from... Wherever Cypher was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 I don't remember. Oh, in the, in the movie The Matrix. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Which, I was trying to I remember think... when in this episode they were eating steak. Oh, no, sorry. I was bad, we should bad cover Matrix the Matrix joke. at some point. We should. I haven't actually seen the new one. By all accounts, it's deeply middling, but... Uh, well, like I I, th- I think I said to Justice one day, the, the new Matrix movie is like, the first half of it is one movie, and then the second half of it is just an entirely different movie. And on, like, they don't... Ma- they're kind of like this episode, in that they don't, mm. they don't fit together. But each I, half is sure, nice. I'm pretty sure Lana Wachowski was just taking the piss with that movie. No, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Keanu is excellent, so I'll give he you is. that. He is. I, well, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've seen him in other stuff, and, you know, I, I, he's he's good in cyberpunk and... and uh, John yeah. Wick? No, I mean, Keanu, Keanu's good. Yeah. Terry Moss is good. I'm just pretty sure, like, you know, the Warner Brothers was like, here, Lana, we want to give you a truckload full of cash yes. to make a movie, and Lana's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you, know? Which, you know what? More power to her. Yeah. Caitlin pointed out, you know, it was nice that they put her fake dad in an old style admiral's uniform. I like Guys, it, I yeah. noticed that shit. Do you, she did. Can you imagine? She also noticed yeah. they chuffed it, though, and gave him the wrong badge. I noticed that also. Oh, no. Whoops. Because I know we avoid... covered that uniform when we did our admiral uh, uniform yep. discussion. Check out yep. our blog. It's up there somewhere. May- well, maybe. But again, because this wasn't actually her father. Right, Ooh. right. Maybe he, he like, oh, I can I can see in Janeway's memory what her what she thinks her father looks like. Oh, but the badge, oh, I'll just put whatever badge. Yeah, seriously, you're an alien reading her mind, and he's just like, how many fucking uniform changes have these people had oh my in God, five so years? Jiminy Fuckmas! Somehow know, yet another one between season two Discovery and season one Strange New Worlds for reasons. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm now, I'm now like actually interested in the circumstances surrounding yeah. uh, Daddy Janeway's death. Oh, I think you were going to say uniform changes. What was an admiral doing under a an alien polar ice cap? That's I'm, terrifying. I'm, just, I'm yeah. imagining it's like one of those things where, you know, on a dare, people are like, here, I bet you can't swim under no. this lake. No, Daddy Janeway, no. Frozen lake. I'll show you who can't swim under a lake. Uh <laughs> I feel like that's less that, that that would feel more appropriate if if Janeway's father was being played by the guy that played Fraser's dad. Oh, yeah. Marty. Yeah, like that's exactly what his father would have done. Like, I'll show you. <laughs> Seemed a good impression of him. I feel. <laughs> Come on, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be drowning, but at least I took the fucking dog with me. No, wait, he liked it. It was no, his dog. it was his dog. Fraser what the dog. fuck? It's been a while. I'm sorry. Jesus anyway. Christ. R.I.P. Eddie. Anyway, you're talking about 
That that's Admiral Bates, and that's a totally different admiral. Although we do have the cause and effect kind of flipping, like um, re reliving a day over and over again. So yeah, yeah. I'm that's glad true. that I'm glad he's here. Uh, boy, it's been a while since we brought up Frazier. Um, hey, maybe I hear the blues are calling. Don't sound it in scrambled eggs. What else we got? That works better when we're in person. Oh, yeah. Sad face. But return, yeah. <laughs> return of the Vidians. They're always great to see. But Except not really. I mean, yeah, they, just, yeah. they were like fake. They had to cast people as Vidians and put the makeup on it, so yes. I count it. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of I makeup. Say, what a fucking it, waste. Holy shit. It made no sense, as Jake said, but uh, credit to Picardo's read during the evil EMH scene. Oh, God, when he euthanizes Janeway in the most horrifying way. So matter of fact about Breathe it. Breathe deep, bitch. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is fucked up. I know it's obviously not real, but holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Yeah, I also, saw that like, this. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it seems unrealistic that by the 24th century, they wouldn't have a better way also. Oh, yeah. For, well, they, they do. The, the whole point of this was to be fucking traumatizing. Yeah. I, okay, but here's the thing, too, though, is he says that he wants to take her and it's he's meant to show up as like a a huge person that she knew because a lot of people find it comforting. And I joked, yeah, because fear makes the meats, you know, makes the meat taste bad. <clears throat> but what's the point in terrorizing first and then being calm? Well, that exactly. It just, it's it because does feel this episode like, is a monster. Yeah. Well, that's why I wonder if Sweet maybe the, the terrorizing part was before he showed up. Like that was like her, maybe that was just her brain uh, going like, off. Like yeah. her actual coma or whatever was happening. Yeah, whatever was happening to her. And then he shows up and he's like, all right, let me, I'll, I'll fix this up. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. It doesn't make a lot of sense. At all. I mean, if, if, if it was just like her like worst fears coming true, which kind of what it felt like, then really Michael McKean should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> you say that every week. <laughs> I was thinking that it would be like her and Chakotay married and still on that fucking planet. <laughs> Whoa. No, I read that this ranks in the top 10 scariest episodes of uh, Star Trek on Den of Geek. And I think the euthanasia scene is quite scary, but the rest of it that, is just so it's yeah. just so weird that it kind of I, I'm left with a with at, at the end with a not a that was a scary episode. Scene, yeah, not like, at all. Feeling and more of a that was a discombobulated mess kind of feeling. Yeah. But if you yeah, pick that, up how different scenes like, yes, the. Being strangled by Vidians, even though that was the sure. worst choreo for strangling I've ever seen in my life. And the <laughs> euthanasia scene, oh, yeah, kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I know we've mentioned him a few times. As Steve Shives recently did an episode, Is Star Trek Actually Good at Horror? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I think our general consensus is, as of right now, not really. No. <laughs> no. Like, it has scary moments. Sure. I think it hasn't su succeeded in a scary episode. No, I mean, I think Genesis is supposed to be scary, and it's just fucking hysterical. Oh, Genesis. I always confuse Genesis and Generations. God mm. damn it. <laughs> What's like, Genesis yeah. again? <laughs> Where people are devolving and... Oh. Yeah, Proto-Morph like bites Troy and... and Barkley no. becomes a spider for some reason that doesn't make any it sense. It does. He's a creepy, crawly motherfucker. It does make <laughs> sense. That I would gladly step on. Uh, yes, but if he's a human, it doesn't actually make sense. Uh, I think I just described him perfectly, and he is a human. Yeah. Just to be clear, the actor and the character, because by all <laughs> by all counts, he's a scumbag. So 
Barkley, unlike Dwight Schultz, seems capable of growth, however. We're going to see him uh, some more as well at some point. That is true. Mm. That is true. Oh, yeah, he yeah. showed up. He showed up briefly already, didn't he? Yep. He did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, oh, here's another good, good joke. Um, yes. When uh, the EMH tells Janeway that she has phage, I said, you're going to have to take Neelix's lung. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Neelix, uh, for the good of the ship's morale, clearly I'm the one that needs to live. So now we, know, now we know why Neelix stuck around. Now, now we know why Neelix thought they were going to try to get rid of him. He was right, just not the way he thought. I imagine, you know, given enough time, like now that they're not in this like horrible emergency situation, surely the doctor could probably grow and implant a, a second lung into Neelix at this point. Of course he could. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> oh, what did you guys think of Kess in this episode? Because they actually remembered to use her powers for a change. Yeah, you know, it was... Again, had the focus of the episode just been the dead Janeway thing, they probably could have done more with it. Yeah, I like Tuvok and Cass playing Ouija board. That was quite funny. Yep, yep. But yeah, it just it was underdeveloped again, unfortunately. So there's really not much to say about it beyond that. Like you said, yeah, no, that's perfect. They were a Ouija board. Yep, yep. And the memorial uh, was quite nice, although I was very, very distracted the whole memorial long that Harry was the only one who had a chair. Was I that weird? That, so it's funny. I noticed it, too, because it stands out because they have him sitting. He's the only one sitting. I don't know. Maybe Garrett Wang had, Wong had sprained his ankle or something that day. That was like day. the only chair in the room. And I noticed it also because because he was sitting in front of other people, his hair disappeared into their uniforms because, you know, it's <laughs> 1996, so it's not HD. So, yeah, I noticed his floating face. And then, yeah, I was like, wait, why is he the only one sitting? Good. I'm <laughs> it glad was, it wasn't just me getting yeah, very no, distracted by this. It was not. I thought Balana's uh, eulogy was very nice. Oh, Yes. Where it was just kind of like, I was still like, what's up? And then it's like, oh, she actually believes in me. That's nice. And then Harry and being like, we ate berries together, which was seemed very Harry. And very, very young. It was. It was. So, yeah, that, that was a, a nice little scene. Chakotay was like, there was one time we were stuck on that planet where she touched my wiener. I liked that. <laughs> I built her a tub. God, he can, he can never admit he did that because so many people would be like, can you make me a tub? Dude, whatever. He'd probably get laid by everybody on the ship if he did that. Man, that should have been his talent for the talent show because he claims they he has nothing to do. Watch make a tub. Mm, I'd watch him true. make a tub. Surely he could get up and just tell stories about his culture that were made up by an Italian or a German or... Uh, no, make a tub. You mean that were was? given to his people by aliens because Ugh. they were a cultureless uh, race <laughs> with no language? God, I fucking hate that episode so much. Uh, I, it'd be great if he did have just some random ass secret, like uh, like how Pierce Brosnan can do fire eating. Oh, neat. Yeah, no, he he did, he learned it in like fucking acting school. Did it on the very short lived Muppets Tonight. God, I remember reading he... an interview? Hmm? There was um, this is this is a tangent, but why not? We got some time because we haven't talked about this episode a lot. Because <laughs> meh. But we were doing a show once and we needed a, a, one of our actors to do something in the middle of the show, just as a non a thing that wasn't in the script that, you know, you can just do a thing. Sure. And a friend of ours decided, I'm going to learn how to eat fire. There and he go. did not. Oh, no. And he apparently burnt his mouth. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure he fucking did. But yeah, no. 
it's really, like, when you think about it, shame that none of the Bond films took advantage of the fact that Pierce Brosnan could have blown fire at a uh, henchman in a scene. Like, How hard is it guys. to blow fire? I don't know, but he can do it. I feel like um, if you don't mind... Easier, easier to blow fire than eat it, I think. Yeah, I feel like if you don't mind having a mouthful of gasoline... Well, so what what would be an appropriate secret talent for Chakotay to have? What what would be fun that it turns Ooh, out? Pottery. No, that's not that fun. It looks no, fun. Something you, do is, something you do as part of a show. Oh. Like, um, he can build a tub. He very well may be able to do pottery. Could he juggle? Did I say juggling? We did not. Juggling could Juggling's do. good. Maybe he could do stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that would be pretty up funny, funny. from the driest man on Voyager. You know what, okay, that's what they should have... If Stephen Wright had written the jokes, Ooh. hire him. He write he writes some material for Chakotay. That or the accordion, just because it's so oh, fucking the accordion. random. Chakotay turns out, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Tom, you might be big on 20th century Earth, but I'm the resident weird Al fanatic. He knows his whole repertoire. Holy shit, that would be amazing. Actually, you know what I really love these days, and I watch this a lot because I I'm a easy to please consumer. Are easy those videos? Pleasy. Of people who are like, who take a painting canvas and they just dump buckets of paint on it and then make up a design by like moving it around. That's I like that too. That's all. That's really fun to watch. And it's kind of in line with that sand art he was doing on mm -hmm. Tub Planet. So there we go. Oh saw, man, you think he knows the Bob, you think he, he does Bob Ross paintings in his spare time? Cues him up on his little screen and is like, yes, happy little clouds. And here's I hope a, so. And here's a naked Janeway in the corner just for me. No, no. Yikes, Barkley. <laughs> and he covers her with a tree, so only he knows she's there. Oh, no. The goddess of... What the fuck was she the goddess of? Empathy. Oh, fuck. There yeah, go. there we the go. goddess of empathy. <sighs> Happy little secret. Seriously, Ames, you have a fucking steel trap for a mind. I don't know how you remember all this shit. I'm not, not just the goddess of empathy thing, but the fact that you remember, like, every episode of Star Trek's title. Like the titles are hard. I don't know how I manage with titles. I'm gonna titles are gonna drop off quickly as we add, as we learn more and more because they're all very it's, innocuous. No, especially the Voyager ones. I remember well, character yeah. names better because I usually have one of them on timelines. Mm, that's that's fair. fair. That's fair. Don't reveal your your secrets to me. <laughs> just I prefer play to think that you're a I'm magician. <laughs> we should get sponsored by them. I feel like we plug them constantly. Yay! And Ames has got to be the person in the world that's plugged the most hours into it i mean no there are people but, but who she's put never money but she's in. never bought any yeah. of the stuff that they like they want the the the, the uh play to win stuff pay to win stuff well they don't need to know that well, we can give Ames some freebies and then we can plug them freebies who doesn't love a bee yeah. there was a bee in our bathroom this morning speaking of plugging money into things i wanted to move on to our uh, <sighs> activity of the week good segue because this week i know last week we talked about our favorite artificial life forms which probably would have been better this week but i didn't know that at the time since this week we met morena but instead this week we're going to cash in and talk about our favorite <laughs> ferengi of the seer of the uh, of the franchise uh, again this probably would have gone better with the ferengi episode but we were doing a lot of tos stuff those days and i know people we really were. liked those and those are all up on our tumblr as will be this uh blog post so check that out there but yeah ferengi why did I pick this topic? I don't like most Ferengi. <laughs> I know. And let's be honest, like, all the good options are from DS9. Yes. I mean, 
there are a couple Ferengi in lower decks, but I know you guys haven't seen that yet. Mm. But also, yeah. I don't care for them anyway. But what are you going to mm. do? Does anyone well, want to volunteer to go first or? Uh, my answer is all three Ferengi from the last outpost. Nice. <laughs> I hope that's true. It is not. Damn it. No, they are the worst Ferengi. I mean, I could go first, I think. Do it. Okay. Pell is the best. Yeah. The best Ferengi. Well, she's one of the best Ferengi. I just really like that she, you know, she like risked her everything to go out there and live life, like live an actual life and not just be stuck at home naked all the time. And I like that she made a move on Quark. Mm-hmm. She tried to get she tried to get with the man she loved. And that was that was cool. I, since I mentioned also Quark, I mean, I feel like I can I can choose Quark, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Quark's the best. I love his love, hate, mostly love relationship with Odo. I love most things about Quark, except for, you know, the creepy have sex with me clauses and his uh, contracts and some of the weird backtracking they did with his character in what, season six or seven? Yeah, yeah, they, they, he devolved a little bit at the very end. But in the beginning, you know, after that grossness, the initial grossness was behind us, he, you know, turned into a pretty okay dude. And of course, Mookie. Yeah. Because she's a feminist icon and a bad bitch. Good choices, Caitlin. And I love her. Thank you, Ames. In fact, I have a lot of overlap with Caitlin, so I'll just go next and knock these off. Because my favorite Ferengi, and again, this is this is incredibly obvious because, of course, it's Quark. Just because I find him very interesting, and I think so much of the the worth of Ferengi has to be laid at the feet of Armin Shimmerman. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like he he almost single handedly saved the Ferengi from what was what was done to them in the in the next generation. Pretty much. Yeah. And he is just absolutely excellent. And I think Quark has a lot of growth that we see during the seasons. And I think that's excellent to see as well. So Quark, fucking love you. I also really love Pell. She's also on my list just because she fights hard to not be defined by her her gender. He she breaks the mold. She strikes out on her own. She's brilliant. I love Pell. Yeah, dude. She's got the lobes for business. Yeah. Rocks. And they don't have yeah. to be giant lobes. They can be little Pell lobes. <clears throat> Absolutely. So I like her and my third my lobes. My lobes. My lovely lady lobes. Oh, the no. third Check I'm it out. <laughs> Uh, the, my third, I'm actually going to dip into the next generation, even though they usually oh. didn't handle Ferengi well, and say Dr. Rega, ben, uh, Bev's oh, friend, yeah. who the was the scientist. Guy. Yeah. yeah, the only Ferengi scientist we've seen. Yeah, yeah and I like seeing that. I like seeing a, a Ferengi that was different from other Ferengi. I think we just, the fact that they said, oh yeah, he's a scientist, and that's different. And I, and I, yeah. liked, see, I liked seeing that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, any any uh, special mention of your favorite one-off Ferengi there? What was he called? Executor? Son- oh, the- Lek. The- there we go. Yeah. I What's wanted to title? say Lek. Um, he was. He he was he was um an, an eliminator. Yes, Lek the eliminator. Lek, right? That was good. Lek, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that Lek. because he's on my fucking Thank list. Thank you, so Jake. Oh, ruining that, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. What's your list, Jake? Aside from Lek the eliminator. Uh, eliminator? Well, it, it's Lek the eliminator and eliminator Lek. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I like him mostly just because he—he's one of those defiant Ferengi who doesn't quite uh, have the same lobes. He—he he, something's to the beat of a different lobe. Meet, meet, Jake. Um, I'm writing that down as your title of this of the week: the uh, <laughs> the beat of a different lobe. Yeah. So you know, and I like that about him. And he's—he's yeah. he's a psychopath and wants to kill people, which is always. 
fun thing. You feel <laughs> like he'd maybe do it even if Latinum wasn't involved. Yeah, I think so. Who doesn't um, like a good heist? So I also like um, uh, Pell, of course. Yay! And I think uh, Pell's a, a, a favorite. Again, another lobe beater. Um, different beat lobes. Wow. You know, for the reasons that everyone else has already said. And then uh, I think my third is going to be uh, another off-the-beaten-lobe choice. And that's going to be our good friend Nog. Oh, that's oh, a good yeah. choice. I was hoping yeah. one of you would say Nog, because I, I, as much as I wanted to talk about Nog, I loved my choices a lot. So thank you for saying Nog. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we have another character who kind of started out as, as more stereotypical uh, Ferengi, but then... Uh, grew you know in much the same way that that quark grew throughout the series so did nog i love nog a, a really just great arc yeah completely yeah i mean he starts out as like the little piece of shit that's hanging around with getting jake cisco into trouble and then he turns yeah. out to be you know a, a prime uh starfleet officer at the, by the end which you know yeah. how cool is the that military can do this for you too <laughs> yikes yeah well. but he also i think still is a, a decent ferengi See now I'm bl- now I'm blanking on titles now that Chris brought it up before the one with uh, with Vic and Nog. Oh, um, uh, Paper Moon. Phantom Paper Moon. Yeah. Thank Paper Moon. Oh. Paper Moon. To do with the Moon. Like he's he's so good in that because he's both Ferengi and not very Ferengi at the same time. When he's helping Vic with his finances, it's like yeah, yep. you know this. You can use it for for good reasons and not just for greed and avarice. Yep. Yep. He's well, great. Plus, and we and in the episode where they start off with self self oh fuck me self sealing stem bolts and winds up with a bunch a parcel of land that saves the day. Yep, like that's that that showed that he does have that true Ferengi instinct. Uh, instinct and yeah. Although he doesn't seem to understand the value of real estate for some reason. Yeah, but Jake taught him. He, he must did. have never lived in New England. Maybe Ferengi <laughs> don't deal in real estate that often. Who knows? It's weird. Yeah. They are from a bog planet. I was going to say, so. you just, you live on the bog you were spawned on for the rest yeah. of every generation of your family. Yeah. Uh, so obviously my answer is all three Ferengi that Max Grodenchik has played. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. <laughs> but it occurred to me he has played three Ferengi. Because he's Rom, and then he's like the first Nagus. Who's the other one? He there were is two in... in TNG. There were two? Oh, oh, I shit. forgot. Four whole Ferengi. I, I, there's the one with the episode with Vash. What's the other one? The other one, I believe, is the one with the perfect mate. Oh, fuck. You're right. The, you mean the one that's called the perfect mate? Yeah. That's the one. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, so, yes, joking aside, uh, Rom is actually on my list. And he definitely it. not a beaten path type of Because, uh, yeah, he starts, well, first of all, he starts off in the first season just trying to constantly kill his brother and steal the bar. Which is great. Which was, they kind of abandoned very quickly, thank goodness. Then he became a labor organizer. And then he was like, fuck this, I just want to be an engineer. I'm actually quite good at it. <laughs> and then he's the Grand Nagus in the world his mother helped create. And so, therefore, also on the list is is Moogie. Yay! Because she comp- helped completely upend Ferengi uh, society, which is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I also say my favorite, though, has got to be Nog. Oh, word. I was, I'm was i actually surprised you haven't said Zek. Zek is fun, but, like... Not a good character. He's there to, yeah, he's no. there to be a powerful Ridiculous. shitbag. <laughs> yeah, like, the thing is, like... Pretty much every Ferengi you see in DS9 is great in some way, shape, or form. Uh, either as an entertaining figure or as an actually good character. But, like, 
That's made it hard. Is like just when you look at Quark's immediate family. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Quark, Nog, Rom, Moogie. That's four people right there that pretty much any of them could be the top three. Yeah, they're all very well developed. I give DS9 a lot of credit. And that's, I mean, where did we see the most Ferengi in Deep Space Nine? But also Deep yeah. Space Nine does the most with their characters. So, yeah, I have to. And then, you know, there's, there's Brunt, who's fun. Brunt, yeah. Oh, a great man. recurring villain. You know, there's actually like. You're spoiled for choice from that one series, and limiting it to three is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I, thinking of it now, like, I think if we had been five, I definitely would have added Nog and Brunt to my list. Ron never been would have choices. touched it, because he's such an asshole. I mean, <laughs> oh, I he's, like, I eventually do like him more, but I just, he's just always so dumb. I just... Well, pl- I just feel like, though, that his and Nog's, like, sort of growth are, in a way, sort of com- tied together. Well, yeah, because he sees his son taking us. That's true, too. Like, much like Cisco is this really great father figure, we do get a lot of really good, like, Rom as a father to yeah, Nog. Like, yeah, not in the beginning. He's kind of a shitbag in the he beginning. Is. But in the end, he's like, you know, fuck you, I support my son. Fuck you, not like, fuck you, Quark. He's going into Starfleet. Like, don't talk shit about my kid. Like, that's my boy. Well, he, yeah, he kind of, like, helps push his push Nog to do whatever he believes in. Then he's like, what? Wait, why aren't I taking my own advice? No one ever takes their own advice. True, but they kind of, you know. That's for idiots like Rom. They feed off each other in that regard. That's true. They're it's good. really good. Yeah. But the voice. I can't. I can't with the voice. <gasps> Moogie! Yeah, I, I can understand that. Do it, Jake. Moogie! <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate that our re- that our listeners can't see the face he makes when he does it too, because it's just like the biggest, happiest, like <laughs> teddy bear face. Yeah, so cute. But yeah, there's some some fine Ferengi folk. Yeah, and this is always very fun. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna be fine Ferengi folk next week because we're gonna talk about more episodes next week. What? Holy crap! So yeah, we're gonna have more blog activities. Again, you can check this one over on our Tumblr. Do that. Check out everything else over our, uh, on our Tumblr. We've got a lot of great content over there for you to leaf through and and follow and like and do whatever it is you can do on Tumblr these days. Uh, we're also covering more Voyager next week. Our episodes are going to be Blood Fever and Unity. Mm. So those are episodes that we'll t- we'll talk about. Check it out there. Uh, you can see, listen to that over on SoundCloud or, you know, whatever podcasting application you use, we're fine. Whatever you use, make sure that you're following, liking. If you can give five stars, we like five stars. That is the appropriate number of stars. And then you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And check us out next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is always Chris. And you know the unwritten rule of, uh, of the Ferengi rules of acquisition, when no appropriate rule applies, make one make up. Make one up. <laughs>